How's it going? I am Coco. And this is Mike. And this is Rock and Vino, the podcast where we talk about wine and music and how well the two go together. You can find us a number of places. You can get us at rockandvino.com, at Rock and Vino on Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter. Be sure to like and subscribe to find out when the new episodes come out. Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, iTunes, riffmagazine.com. New episodes every Tuesday. A new fun guest every week and a big show this week. That's right. Quite the big show. Yes, we uh, have joining us in the studio today, Murphy Good winemaker Dave Reddy. Yeah, great to be here. <laughs> Happy to have you here. Absolutely. Yeah. Two so, of my favorite things to talk about. Wine and music. Wine and music. I love it. Me too. High five. Virtual high five. <laughs> 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 so you kind of have a little bit of history in both, don't you? Absolutely. I mean, that's, that's actually what brought me out to California in the first place. Yeah. Was, you know, in high school, um, touring with the Grateful Dead, uh, you know, as we were talking about earlier, I mm-hmm. was lucky enough to see Jerry Garcia 175 times. That's crazy. So you yeah. were, did you tour with them as a musician or as a, just a deadhead? No, as a guy. I mean, that, not just a deadhead, but you know what I mean. <laughs> well, you know, back then I was able to afford the dollar per gallon for gas <laughs> right. I worked at a, at a car wash in, in high school and obviously lived at my mom's. And, and so, you know, I never had to ask for money, you know, mm-hmm. concert tickets were affordable, you know, for a high school kid that worked in a car wash. Yep. And so, you know, I'd spend literally all of my money on concert tickets and and gas. <laughs> <laughs> you could probably follow a tour for the price of a single show now at, at some of the prices That's that people really... are charging these days. Yeah. Oh, it's so true. Oh, yeah. We, you know, we used to drive uh, one of our, one of my favorite venues, Alpine Valley in okay. East Troy, Wisconsin. And it's, uh, it's actually where uh, Stevie Ray Vaughan was killed in the helicopter crash. Oh, yeah. And okay. I was actually at that show as well. Oh, wow. Um, okay. Yeah, I was very lucky to see Stevie. I mean, he was... His last show ever. Well, and it was the first time that I had seen him. He, was, he played two nights. He was actually opening up. He was the opening act for... Uh, after him, it was Robert Cray, mm-hmm. great blues guitarist, and then Eric Clapton. Mm. And so I think that was 1990. Mm-hmm. Um, and I... Boy, Stevie Ray Vaughan, man. That guy... It, he, it just... It was another level stuff, uh-huh. you know. Or, I mean, my buddies and I are like, okay, we, maybe we should go on Stevie Ray Vaughan tour. <laughs> I mean, we're so excited. For the sure. energy, unreal. Oh, my but, goodness. You know, we'd go there and um, the dead would typically do three shows anywhere they'd go. Mm-hmm. And so, Alpine Valley, they'd play Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Wow. So, concert tickets, you know, total was 54 bucks. Wow. You know, it was a couple hundred miles. So, gas was, you know, 40 bucks. Uh huh. And we slept in the parking lot. And, you know, back then, 86, 87, 88, they allowed it. No matter, yeah, I mean, you'd go see them, any stadium, and there'd be 8,000 people that would just be sleeping in the parking lot. That's awesome. And then the scene got a little out of hand, and they stopped allowing such things. (laughs) Now, the the Grateful Dead in particular are known for having fans, you know, follow them on tour. I, I mean, at that time... You know, w- was there like this community of people you were traveling with that you'd go to each show and say, hey, hey you were <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Um, you, you know, it, it was kind of strange. Like the suburb I grew up in, Edina, it's the first suburb outside of uh, Minneapolis. Mm-hmm. And for whatever reason, like the Grateful Dead were 
their fans typically came from the suburbs. Mm-hmm. You know, it was really strange. And, you know, so they're kids that, you know, if you didn't work at the car wash, your parents could give you 20, 40, 60, 80 bucks <laughs> and you'd go on a weekend trip and, you know, to see the dead. You know, that that was a little different. But, you know, so I, I'd go with 15 of my friends. Wow. You know, or more. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was pretty interesting, you know, long after Jerry had died. I think I think it was back in 04 or 05. They did this Grateful Dead family reunion show. And they only did, uh, I think it was only two nights. Uh, and so, and it was back at Alpine Valley. It was the only, the only place they did it. And so... I went and I went with, I don't know, four or five buddies. But then when I got there, I ran into 50 people that I hadn't seen <laughs> wow, since awesome. I had been on Grateful Dead tour. And it was wow. just, it was amazing. So it's like this awesome sense of community that you have just because of music. Yeah. I mean, it's great. And that's what was so cool about that, especially, is that, you know, yes, the music was maybe the most important thing. But it was this sense of community. You know, everybody, you know, you didn't see fights at Grateful Dead. No concerts. way, yeah. You know, people were selling grilled cheese for a buck, a beer <laughs> for a buck. Amazing. You know, it was so affordable. And there was people that would tour with them that sold, there was these guys, and they sold falafels. Oh. And they toured all over the country. I don't even think they went to any of the shows. Mm-hmm. But they would sit up, and they'd be doing falafels before the show, and then as soon as the show's over... I mean, they had, you know. Because you got to eat after. It was like one of the original <laughs> food trucks. Wow. And, and it was on Grateful Dead tour. It, it is, these days, it's just endless hot dog carts. It is. Forever. <laughs> I can do without them. It's all hot dogs and onions that you're smelling. Exactly. It's like, can we get like a churro cart out here or something, please? Yeah. Occasionally <laughs> the dogs are good, but not all the time. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. And so how many times did you see the Grateful Dead? Well, so I saw Jerry, you know, with Grateful Dead and Jerry Garcia Band 175 times. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, and and so, you know, the, the end of the summer tour, I just graduated from high school, and we were out on summer tour, and the last show was in Berkeley mm-hmm. at the Greek Theater. They did three shows. They were amazing. And I went to a payphone. It was uh, Jerry's Deli, uh-huh. which is right there by the theater, mm-hmm. and had my dad's phone number in my wallet and pulled it out and he happened to be in town because he traveled a lot. Okay. And, you know, I said, hey, dad, you know, where's, where's Healdsburg? You oh. I <laughs> <laughs> mean, where's Healdsburg? Uh-huh. I'm like, well, I'm at Berkeley. How far away is it? Uh-huh. And obviously it's relatively close. And so I had a couple buddies with me and we drove up to Healdsburg and hung out for a few days. And my, my dad, uh, you know, we were probably having a little wine and, and he suggested I get a job. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And which it didn't thrill me at all. Thought we had a pretty good deal going. <laughs> and, Wait a second. <laughs> job. And so I ended up working my first harvest at Murphy Good. Right on. Yeah. And your dad is one of the founders, is that right? Yeah, exactly. He was one of the founders. And so I think he put my buddies on an airplane, sent them back to Minnesota. (laughs) And I, because we were here in my my Mustang convertible. And uh, so, you know, at the time, it was really more about, I knew after summer tour that, you know, Jerry Garcia band started doing shows at the Warfield. Mm -hmm. And, you know, then they do a couple of fall shows. I'm like, well, yeah, if I stay here. They're going to pay me like seven bucks an hour, which is <laughs> a buck more an hour than I was making at the car wash. Mm-hmm. And I don't have to travel so far. Exactly. And that was really my my true motivation <laughs> of originally moving wow. out to California. So 
seeking to be closer to Jerry. I wanted to be closer to Jerry. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> I love that. That's such a good reason. Yeah, it was. <laughs> it, it is. Yeah. <laughs> and um, so with winemaking, how did that transition work for you? Did you, were you like in a band before in yeah. Minnesota? And then you just kind of were like, peace out, guys. I'm going to get into wine now. Yeah. So I, uh, you know, all throughout high school was in bands. Um, and then after high school, well, it was actually kind of after I'd worked Harvest of 88 and 89. And uh, I kind of hung out till about spring of 90 and got a phone call for some buddies and they needed a, a lead singer for this band. It was called Mango Jam. Awesome. And, you know, they were just kind of getting started. But, you know, I knew the players, uh, some of them I'd played with in other bands. And they're like, you know, but I was like, wow, this is sounds pretty good mm-hmm. i said okay yeah I'll, I'll uh i'll leave california in two weeks and so called my dad or my dad was home and just said hey look i i gotta go i gotta i gotta go join this band <laughs> he's like what <laughs> <laughs> like, well, you know. and so moved back and, and started going to school back in, in minnesota as well okay uh but you know, I had every, I mean, I, that was my plan is I'm, I'm going to be a rock star. For sure. I mean, I had incredible hair. I took choir in high school. <laughs> it's all about the hair, right? Yeah, I was in a church choir when I was young. <laughs> yeah, my hair was awesome. Um, and so that seemed like what I should be doing. Mm-hmm. And so I did that for a couple of years. I was really good at being a rock star, but... Uh, <laughs> Wasn't getting paid as well. No, right. That's the problem. That, that was the, that was a big problem. What did you play? Uh, it was lead singer, percussionist, and oh, we cool. did nice. uh, with that band. It was predominantly original stuff. Uh-huh. And, you know, uh, we had been described as the Almond Brothers smothered in coconut oil. Oh. <laughs> wow, very it, interesting. It, it was great stuff, and, <laughs> and we we actually had a. You know, the band had a really big following. You know, we'd play a place called the Caboose in uh, Minneapolis in the West Bank. And we we probably did 48 Sundays out of the year. And we'd, wow. we'd have 1,200 people, you know, every Sunday would show up. That's great. And, you know, originally they would give us all of the money from the door, which was pretty good. And then as soon as... 1,200 people show up, they're like, whoa, no, I have all the money. Like, well, like, wait a let minute. me rethink this. Yeah, get her <laughs> out here to drink out. your warm beer. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then eventually they made us start having, you know, some national touring acts that would be coming through town and we'd have to give them a set. But, you know, it was, st- it was still good. But I decided I needed to be back in California. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I actually found a job in Australia working mm. in oh. uh, McLarenville. Yeah, mm-hmm. I worked at a winery called Weera Weera, uh, which was amazing. And okay. what a beautiful area, McLarenville. Um, took me a long while. Well, my dad actually had to fly out there and make me leave. Uh, <laughs> You're coming a, back, son. That's a true story, too. Uh, and, you know, it was incredible. I chose Weera Weera because of Bob Weir and the Grateful Dead. Okay. Oh, wow. See, sensing the connection here. Yeah. I mean, had there been a Garcia Garcia in Chile, I might have had it there. Uh-huh. But yeah, I had an amazing, amazing time and, and then came back and, you know, I've been in California full time now since 93. Wow. So it's been been a long time. So this is, you know, even though I still have Minnesota as the deep roots, I mean, obviously California is my home. 
for sure. So, I mean, it's why would you live anywhere else? <laughs> I know. We're so lucky to live here. It's amazing. Yeah. Beautiful. That, that is true. And so you, um, I mean, you're the winemaker for Murphy Good. And so with that, do you get inspired by the bands that you listen to while you're making the wine? Do you, I mean, do you think that the music affects the grapes? You know, I, <laughs> you know, I remember when you would uh, just, you know, I used to always do the, the graveyard shift, mm-hmm. you know, and. During harvest, everything's so alive. The fermentations Absolutely. are happening, and mm-hmm. you wanted to keep them happy, you know, happy. And so, I used to always play Frank Sinatra in the cellar. Oh, nice! And we just called it fermentation with Frank. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. I was a huge Sinatra fan, <laughs> which was very strange in high school. Um, but yeah, that was from going. You know, I went fishing with my grandfather up in Canada, mm-hmm. and he kept singing. One line of one Sinatra song, <laughs> and it was uh, called Stormy Weather. Mm. And it was, you know, Stormy Weather, <laughs> why don't we get together for a while? <laughs> and he would sing that over and over. And then I oh, must have heard him goodness. sing it 150 times. Mm-hmm. And finally, like, you know, Grandpa, what are the rest of the words? <laughs> well, I don't know. <laughs> and so... I went to Music Land. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you, did we have those on California? Music Land? I mean, that was the big I national. I don't know. Uh, I think there actually is one in the city. Well, there, or there used to be, maybe. Yeah, there <laughs> used that, to be. That's yeah. true. Is that Sam Goody out here or Warehouse or something? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, so I went to Music Land. I'm going through the Sinatra tapes. Uh-huh. And I found one with Stormy Weather. And so I'm like, all right, now I'm going to know this dang song. <laughs> And so I listened to the tape, and I ended up, you know, it had all these amazing tunes. I, oh, you yeah. know, Love and Marriage. I'm like, whoa, this is the uh, the theme song to Married, Married with, with Children. children yeah. It was like, wow. <laughs> you know. Look, I can connect with this. He, yeah, he wrote that for that show? <laughs> no, no, no. But, you know, there's just all these great songs. So I, I listened to it over and over and over. Yeah. And, you know, then I'm trying to turn, you know, all my high school friends on a Sinatra. And they're like, <laughs> no, Dave, you know, we're going to stick with the dead thing or the Van Halen thing. But no, we're not jumping on the Sinatra train, which was their loss. For sure. I'm sure now they're like, oh, now I, I understand what he was talking about. You know how a lot of times like it takes a while for you to like, get it with like a band or an artist? For sure. Sometimes is there another band or artist that you were just like never into and then many, many years later we're just kind of like, oh. You know, like, well, like currently I'm really into uh, Yacht Rock. Yacht Rock. Yeah. What's yeah. Yacht? I've heard of it, but what yeah, exactly is that? Yeah, I've heard the that? name. Yeah. It's how the one percenters rock. Oh. Um, right. Yacht Rock is, is, you know, is like the soft rock of the 70s. Okay. So, you know, like the Michael McDonald <laughs> stuff and Pablo Cruz and, you know. God, you listen to those dang songs and they just make you happy. Yeah, right. <laughs> and it, it must, oh, my God. There must be something that's taking me back to being like in kindergarten or first grade <laughs> in the station wagon. And, mm-hmm. you know, mom would be listening to whatever radio station we had in <laughs> Minneapolis, right? WLOL. Uh, and it would be Yacht Rock songs, or nice. now they're referred to as Yacht Rock. <laughs> I'm going to have to look that up. I'm, you know, I think there's like a Spotify playlist there called is. Yacht Rock. I'm going to have to check I that out. I think there's two. There? <laughs> well, perhaps I know there's two. <laughs> we know the secrets now. <laughs> yeah, there's just something good about it. Yeah. That's amazing. And so um, so what? Um, what's like your favorite music venue to go to around town here? Uh, well, around town, it, it, Terrapin. Uh, yeah, which to, you know, also has yeah. a dead. The Great Room's right. great, right? Phil, Phil Lesh, Lesh, the bass player of the Grateful Dead. Um you know, their great room, the sound's amazing. Mm-hmm. Nobody smokes in there, which is 
not easy to accomplish. But <laughs> that's true. <laughs> you know, I, I guess you know, deadheads like obey anybody from the Grateful Dead. <laughs> you know, he said, "Look, I just don't want smoke in this room," and people are like, "Then you don't smoke in this room." <laughs> yeah, right. And you know, and then out in their backyard, uh, they do. I think they call it the backyard. They've got a really nice stage outside, mm-hmm. and so you know, Saturday afternoon, Sunday afternoons. It's just, you know, it's a great spot. Mystic's always been fun. Love the Mystic. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I, was, I meant to go there uh, last night. I wanted to see Ace Fraley. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Right. right. Yeah, that must have been an interesting show to yeah. go to. It, oh, it would have been great. Yeah, Back sure. in the New York groove. Uh-huh. Shock me. <laughs> Christine 16. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know? Heck, yeah. Great stuff. And he, was sure. a, and he was a great guitar player. I agree. Yeah, absolutely. So, it's good to see like a lot of these bands now like kind of coming back to Sonoma County and, you know, there's so many more different venues where they can play and a lot of wineries and are featuring music, right. you know, absolutely. So, which is pretty rad. It, it is. I mean, we used to, you know, so when, in California I had a band for a while, we used to play, it was called Magnolias, if you remember that, it was mm-hmm. in Railroad Square. And now I think it's a kitchen supply store or something oh, like okay. that. And yeah. that. That was a great spot. Um, so, you know, I get nervous about live music getting lost from, uh, you know, at a local standpoint. Yeah, you know? I agree. I mean, I think the scene here, it's definitely had a bit of an uprising, which is nice with a couple of like Somo concerts. Of course, the Mystic has always been there. And um, there's a couple of other venues that have popped up and other ones that are kind of more on the underground scene, like the Arlene Francis Center. So, um, yeah, it's just, it's nice to see. And it's nice to see yeah. a lot of the wineries just embracing various kinds of music. I was just at the Farmstead in Napa, and they have, like, a bluegrass kind of oh, series, yeah. which is kind of, which is super cool and fun. On Friday Night Live up in Cloverdale, you know. Yeah. Uh, Mark Therrington's the guy up there for the Arts Alliance. It brings in the bands. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, he brings in great great stuff it's mm-hmm. always people that are right on the verge of that's awesome not being affordable yeah right <laughs> seriously yeah and so that was kind of part of what made me want to head up that way because they were just getting such good stuff yeah and then hopefully when this whole wine train or yeah, the it, the sonoma marin train or whatever the smart train <laughs> the smart train gets going you know hopefully they'll get on the same page with all of us and offer a late night train so we can yeah. go to concerts oh, exactly how mm-hmm. cool would that be you jump on the train go down to terrapin have some wine yeah. on the way or just go have dinner somewhere new exactly you could jump on the train and you know that's that'll be great yes if we can get hope, that happening hopefully. i hope the smart train is listening hello yeah, no kidding <laughs> at least some weekend nights yeah now, in terms of you, of you as a winemaker, so you got the job at Murphy Good, and you, you're working. I think you said Crush. You started. Um, at, at what point along the way did you sort of learn the craft of winemaking and kind of say, "This is something I can do. This, this is this is where I want to be." Yeah, you know, in, in '92, I started to realize that I had a, a palate and and a good what I call like a memory palate. So mm. if I tried a wine a couple of months ago and somebody gave me a glass. I go, oh, you know, this is the what, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And which was good because then that obviously helps with, uh, you know, one of the most important things in wine tasting is is identifying and knowing the faults. Mm-hmm. So that helped me, you know, once somebody taught me what VA was and even oxidation, reduction, you know, I'd smile and go, okay, I know what it is. And I never forgot it. Mm-hmm. You know, what is corked wine with the TCA? You know, and, and so once... I would get those samples. I would never, you know, I never forgot what they were. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And so I knew there was something there, but, it, you know, I was still thinking about sales. But then after going to Australia, um, kind of learned some different cap management skills or, you know, things that they were really doing different. Uh, so then when I when I came back and, you know, started talking to our winemaker at the time, hey, here's a couple of different things that they were doing, and we'd start trying them out. You know, you just start to learn more and more about how you can change kind of the style or the texture uh, of a wine. And so then I really kind of, you know, got into the artist side of it, you mm-hmm. know, which is which ties kind of, you know, what does tie into the music. Absolutely. It was another way to express myself artistically. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, because I, I can't go singing. I mean, I'll sing with some bands now occasionally, but I can do about three songs and then... My voice starts to wear out because uh-huh. I don't practice anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, and this is something that you know you can just do, and it and it's really rewarding. You know, you go out and do winemaker dinners, mm-hmm. or you're just tasting. You know, at a at a big event, and people are tasting the wine, and you see that they're really enjoying it. So you you know get a lot of that same satisfaction. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I was actually just at a restaurant in Sausalito and they were serving Murphy Good Wine. It was the year Pinot. And uh, before I even knew what it was, I just was drinking it. I'm like, oh, this is a really good Pinot. So I went to go find out what it was and it was the Murphy Good Pinot. Well, uh, thank you. Yeah, of course. And I saw your label, of course, your brand new styled label. Yeah. It's beautiful. I, yeah, I get, get into that craft look. Exactly. <laughs> and it's a lot easier to, to read now. So, yeah, I'm a big fan of the new label. Nice. And when did you guys release that? Uh, I think we did that. It's been about a year now. Okay. So it's still pretty new. Yeah. But uh, I'd say it's uh, out there in the marketplace nationally. Now probably every wine has the new label. Mm-hmm. And so you, what kind of wines um, can someone expect from Murphy Good? Well, you know, I've always tried to make wines that are very approachable. You know, sp- you know, so we do a couple different tiers. Mm-hmm. We do the, you know, the California tier, where. <coughs> Excuse me. <laughs> I use that, that was the correct use, use the of the cop button. button. Good Thank job. Uh, <laughs> we, uh, you know, in, the, in those wines, are trying to make really approachable, uh, kind of like. You know, Hootie and the Blowfish. Everybody's going to like them at least a little bit. Exactly, right? right? <laughs> and, <laughs> well, right. I mean, there, there was an album that, you know, my little sister had. I had. My dad had. Everybody had it. For sure. And, you know, and then we do the, the Sonoma County tier, you know, which is bigger Alexander Valley Cabernets, mm-hmm. the Sonoma County Liars Dice Zinn. Um, you know, we do a, a red blind called the All In. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, those are much more... You know, they're wines for food. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, at least when they're young, you know, it helps to have a little bit of food. Mm-hmm. You know, where the other guys are just approachable. If you just want a cocktail, they're great cocktail wines. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, different. there's certainly different styles. But, you know, I've always made wine so that I would want to drink it. Absolutely. Right. So, I mean, that's my style. Which of your wines would you take with you to a Grateful Dead concert? Well, I, I have taken multiple ones. I'm sure, right? Concerts. You're like, all of them. Come on. Well, you know, the, the Sauvignon Blanc, which, uh, you know, is one of, you can find that wine just about anywhere. Mm-hmm. That really is one of my favorites because it's just, it pairs well with times of day. Yep. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? It, sure. You know, it's like late morning. Say you're doing a Sunday brunch and you're out of champagne. That's a great little late 
brunch wine. Mm-hmm. And it's a great poolside wine. It's a great Port festival Foundry. wine. <laughs> uh-huh. You know, I, I just, I really, I always, t- and I always do take that with me to concerts. Oh, nice. Um, and I love that it's a screw cap. And I love, that love, love the, the screw cap. Absolutely. Yeah, I was just with a friend in Minnesota, and I was out buying some wines, and we were at a hotel. And so I went down to the wine shop, and I was really disappointed that I couldn't find enough wines with screw cap. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, son of a gun, I know I don't have a corkscrew. <laughs> I did carry on. Uh-huh. And so it's like, well, I'll figure it out. And they did have one bottle that was screw cap that was pretty good. But oh, good. I bought a really nice white Bordeaux, and... Uh, the next day, I had to go back there and buy a corkscrew uh-huh. that I then donated to the hotel room. Oh, see, there you go. <laughs> so hopefully, someone finds that and is able to use it. Uh-huh. But yeah, screw caps are just so, it's the accessibility. Absolutely. You know, God, yeah, I love the screw cap. I love the screw cap, too. And it just, as you said, the accessibility, and it just makes it so much easier and one less thing to think about or worry about right. when you're... And, and the wines are going to be every bit is good. Yeah. You know, you're not affecting the wine. Well, and I think most people, especially nowadays, they're not really going to lay down too many wines. They're going to try to drink it as fast as, I mean, not as fast as they can, but sooner than later, (laughs) you know, (laughs) all in one night, (laughs) all in one jug. So, you know, I mean, I think the whole thing with the corks is that before it was used for aging wines, which I'm sure you can, but most people, when they buy a nice, refreshing looking bottle of delicious Sauvignon Blanc, they want to pop that open. Even Cabernets. I mean, people go, yeah. you know, you go to a local shop and you buy a bottle of Cabernet, you're drinking it within that week, right? Yeah. I mean, and, I, you know, I remember, you know, people obviously, they always, you know, everybody makes up percentages and statistics. You know, I think some like 82% of all statistics are made up on the spot. <laughs> um, and, you know, but, uh, you know, I've always heard it was like 98 point whatever percent of all wines purchased are drunk within seven days. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think mm-hmm. that's probably pretty darn true. I agree. I know that that's true for me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because once you end up with too many bottles of red wine, you just you have a party. Exactly. Exactly. And so, what would you say that your style of winemaking is for those that? Have maybe haven't tried Murphy Good yet. You know, I, I try to keep them. You know, I, I like wines that are bright and you know they're focused with the fruit, but with complexity. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I don't really like to fine my wines. I don't like residual sugar. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so they're really about. They're going to work great with food, but you don't have to have it. Okay, that's you know, great. And balance and and. It's all about balance. It is. It is. Do you typically, are you a big wine drinker when you're not at the winery? Or are you like, or one of, or do you like to go have beer instead? No, <laughs> I, we, I drink really more wine yeah. than anything else. Nice. Um, I'm actually one week into my gluten-free month. Oh. So oh. That, that takes Ooh. away beer right there. It sure does. Uh, and, and, and I do love beer. You know, don't get me wrong. But, yeah. you know, wine... I, I love wine, mm-hmm. you know, and I'll occasionally have cocktails, but I don't usually have cocktails at home. Right. Um, every once in a while, you know, so really it's, it's about wine. Cool. Do you remember the first wine that you ever drank? Um, the first one that I really remember was the 70, 77 or 78, the uh, Jordan Cabernet. Oh, wow. And, you know, I, I, I know I'd have, I've had others, but that's the first one that 
I remember, you know, who made it and the varietal yeah. and, and where it came from. And I was uh, 10. I was at uh, a wine tasting with my dad in Minneapolis. Mm-hmm. And everyone was asking for this particular wine. And I, was, I don't even know what I was doing. Probably sitting on the floor behind the table. <laughs> and then finally I, I got up and asked, hey, you know, Dad, I'd like to try that. Mm-hmm. He's like, okay. And he says, wow, that's really good. What is it? Mm-hmm. Oh, it's Jordan. Well, Jordan what? Well, Jordan Cabernet. <laughs> yeah, well, what else about it? Well, this is their first vintage. You know, so I know it's the very first vintage. And, wow. You know, I think Rob Davis was even part of that. You know, he's the winemaker now. But Andrei Chalachov yeah. was, wow. was the winemaker then. And, um so that's certainly the very first one that wow. locks in. So I think that counts. That definitely counts. That's a quite the impressive first wine to, yeah, to remember. That, that I remember. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that <laughs> was a nice thing. Is, you know, my dad, uh, before he was involved with Murphy Good, when he's back in Minnesota, he started a distributorship there that, that introduced California premium wines to the marketplace. Oh, interesting. So there wasn't any California wine. So he had wow. everybody. You know, oh, Heights. wow. So, you know, I remember having like Heights, Martha's Vineyard, Dry Creek Vineyards, um, Dave Stairs place, you know, the, the Fumé Blanc mm-hmm. way back then, um, Alexander Valley Vineyards, you know, and then there was everybody, Chateau Montalena, I I mean, it was yeah. like literally anybody who was making premium wine. Mm-hmm. My dad was brought into the market. That's awesome. So, and I would always get to taste, but, you know, the Jordan was the very first one I remember. Very, very cool. <laughs> now, in terms, uh, for people looking for Murphy Good, what's the availability like for that? Not necessarily a tasting room, per se, but I, is it wine club, restaurants, things like that? Restaurants, Safeway. I mean, you go to Safeway, and there's probably five SKUs right there. Mm. You know, bottle bar. I mean, all the local guys have it, but, mm-hmm. you know, from a big national standpoint, you're going to find, you know, the California line of wines over mm-hmm. there for sure. Awesome. Very cool. Well, I'm excited to um, go try some Murphy Good wines. Do you guys actually have a tasting room or no? No, not no right tasting now. Room. No. Is that in the works? Or? Yeah, we're looking at it out, out at the winery in Geisville. Okay. Nice. Cool. So now for now, we can get it at our local grocery store. For sure. Awesome. Okay. Well, um, do you have any more questions, Mike? I I think we've covered it. Cool. Well, that was very exciting and so cool to hear about all your concerts and yeah. touring with the Grateful Dead and man, that's that's amazing. And now we tour with Fish. Now you tour with Fish. <laughs> yes. <laughs> When's your next show? Um, well, I just got back from seeing them in Tahoe. Uh, uh-huh. And so, you know, actually, I think I have, I have tickets to uh, Bob Seeger. Cool. In December in Minneapolis, mm-hmm. and I'm sure I will be seeing something, one or two or three. They, oh, actually, before that, I have tickets. Uh, <laughs> four shows in Las Vegas, Fish over Halloween. Oh, nice. that'll be fun. Yeah, I'm, I'm stoked. Halloween, they, they, their second set, they cover an album of someone else. Oh, wow. So two years ago was the last time they did a Halloween show, and they did The Rise and Fall of Ziggy Stardust and Whoa. the Swatters wow. from Mars. How amazing. Oh, it was awesome. Awesome, yeah. awesome. So we'll see what they do this year. Yeah, and it's a secret. I mean... They keep it tight. Uh-huh. But, uh, when you walk in the door, you get a playbill, which wow. announces what the what the album will be. That's amazing. Yeah, it's it's going to be cool. Do people tend to dress up for that? Oh yeah. Oh nice! <laughs> I love it. Love it. Yeah, that's perfect. A lot of great costumes and just mm-hmm. a lot of fun. So that's it's one of the really cool uh, shows that they do over the year. Very cool. Well, um, 
I'm jealous officially right now. That's amazing. <laughs> That's going to be a good <laughs> so, one. So, yeah. So, have so much fun. Absolutely. And, yeah. Thank you for sitting down with us and chatting with us about your, your two passions, wine Absolutely. and music. All right. Thank you. <laughs> Our thanks to Murphy Good Winemaker, Dave Rady, for joining us today. Now, you thought this episode was over. <laughs> you would be wrong. Nope. Not uh, yet. <laughs> a special cameo this week on this week's Rock and Vino. A very surprise cameo special thing. <laughs> uh, here in Sonoma County at uh, Sonoma State University, a big event last week, the Thicker Than Smoke fire recovery events. Big, huge fundraiser, uh, two nights, storytelling and music. The big headliners, Brad Paisley, country superstar. Mm-hmm. Bonnie Hunt does everything. <laughs> yeah. Actress extraordinaire. Exactly. Actress extraordinaire. Voiceover. Uh, they were kind enough to take a few minutes before hopping on stage at uh, the Green Music Center in uh, in the fine city of Roner Park uh, to talk about the show, to talk about what they did that day, talk a little bit about wine country, uh, and just to spend a few minutes for us. So it's uh, it was it was cool. They took the time. Let's check it out. Let's check it out. A big night tonight at the Green Music Center. Um, night two of the Thicker Than Smoke events here. This event's been coming together for a long time. For you guys pairing up, how did how did it come together for you guys in particular? Well, um, we are mutual friends of uh, a family up here, the Lassiter family, who have a winery, and we have been, I mean, they're family to us. Mm-hmm. And uh, we, it was Nancy Lassiter that came up with this idea, and uh, we cannot say no to Nancy, ever. We wouldn't want to. And it's more... It's more about family for us, even though we're not blood relatives with these folks. We, uh, we were with them all through this in spirit and wanted to be able to help when the time came. And Nancy got a call from one of the firefighters at mm-hmm. the uh, Cal Fire, called her and afterwards and said, do you think there's something you could do to help us? And she said yes, and that's uh, when Brad and I got the call. And then the firefighter said, know anybody else? And we said, no, just us. Just Brad and Bonnie. That's all we got for you. Now, it's, it's going to be a unique experience for both of you tonight. Um, Bonnie doing some kind of, you know, unscripted storytelling. I'm just... She's doing a really dance. Right. And with Brad um, doing the solo acoustics. So it, almost like a storyteller's kind of night. Is it mm-hmm. is it fun to kind of mix it up with a different show that, than you would normally do out on the road? It is for me. I'm I'm really looking forward to this. I, I mean, I love some of the things I love uh, as much as anything I do are the nights when I'm, it's, it's just me and a guitar. Mm-hmm. Um, when it's the worst is when it's me and a guitar and an actress. That's when it's really wow. The, that's wow. when it's hard. And mm. so tonight I see it as a challenge. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, it is different than what I thought it was going to be when we got here. You know, you kind of go over what's going to be happening, and there you have to have some reverence and respect for all the firefighters and the first responders that they're honoring tonight. So, you know, I changed course a little bit, more of hosting Brad coming out and doing that instead of, you know, it's. I think it's just an evening of respect and gratitude and entertainment. Now, you spent the morning or spent the afternoon with Glen Ellen Fire. What were some of your you know, observations and what did you experience throughout the day kind of seeing everything firsthand? Well, I mean, uh, it, that was largely hanging out with the firefighters and saying thanks today but we got to see the devastation the last few days and uh, it's uh, it's a reminder of how important this is it's been a long time since the fire so you get away from that and then you book the date to come back and play this this uh, concert but 
I think it was really important to be reminded this close to the gig of everything that we're doing this for. And there was nothing like seeing it to drive that home. No, and just their courage. And you think about even just the heat today, which was not as extreme as it was then. And these guys are in, and women are in full equipment in that heat. Yeah, I don't know how to do and that. And they're just the stamina that's required, the courage that's required. And some of them didn't even know if their own homes were okay. And they just had to stay in that zone of saving other people. And they were picking up animals, anything they could do. And uh, their stories were amazing because there was no predicting what was going to happen. And an event like this is so important after the fact because, I mean, so much initial fundraising comes in after the immediate event, but the need still exists a year out and two years out. So that it makes an event like this even more important to have you guys out here. Mm-hmm. So, um, ending on a light note, it, we are in wine country. Is there a, are, is there a wine varietal of choice are, are, um, for you guys when, when you're in the area? Lasseter wine. <laughs> That's the answer. They have the number two rosé in the world. Anjou. What's it called? Anjou. Okay. Just put two cases in the bunker. I don't know how to say it. Oh, wow. I don't know how to say it, but it's... Do uh, they know it's missing? <laughs> I don't know. More than likely, no. They don't. Excellent. Well, have a good show tonight, guys. Thank you. We're glad to be here. And so, yeah, as we said, a cameo appearance from Brad Paisley and Bonnie Hunt. <laughs> Uh, very cool of them to do the show. Uh, Brad came out by himself, acoustic guitar, just told stories. Was Brad Paisley all night, and uh, he's a funny guy. I didn't necessarily realize how funny he was, but uh, yeah, great show, good cause. So yeah, very cool to be able to mix that in. Uh, and that was for the Thicker Than Smoke, the Thicker Than Smoke concert. Concert, yes. And go get the Laster Rose. It's Brad Paisley approved, so it must be good. It is delicious. I've had it myself, and it is quite tasty, so I approve as well. (laughs) Next week, what's coming up? So next week, we're going to have the amazing Shanna Bull. She is um, just kind of a local... a local celebrity, if you will. Right. <laughs> um, she knows a ton about wine. She works with a bunch of wineries, and she also um, does like the concert calendar for Sonoma Magazine. So she knows all of the happenings going on in wine country with at both wineries and at music venues. So, so you're saying she knows music and she knows wine? Yes. Isn't that amazing? That makes sense. <laughs> and she's just an overall awesome girl. So. We're happy to have her on. That is next week, every Tuesday on Rock and Vino. As we said, rockandvino.com. Find us there. Like and subscribe. Sign up for the email list. We won't bug you too much. Just tell you when new episodes are out and send you fun, uh, fun wine country facts and such. Yeah. Thank you for tuning in, and we will see you next week. Good night. <laughs>